Welcome into our High School Coaches Show, presented by the 56th Family Restaurant in Galva. This is your chance to hear from all the McPherson High School and area coaches throughout the school year. The Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE is brought to you by FEMCO, McPherson Concrete, Complete Automotive in McPherson, DFS Moto in Canton, Alliance Agency Incorporated, Kane's Body Shop, Flinsford Quarterback Club, Next Tech Wireless, JAR Performance Automotive, and Farmers State Bank. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into this morning's Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva following week eight of the 2019 regular season. That means it is playoff time throughout the entire state of Kansas as we are through the regular season. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, bright and early on a Saturday morning, Mr. Steve Sell. Feels like we didn't leave. <laughs> it was a late, late night was, getting yeah. back here from Tawanda. Yeah, the game got over uh, very late. When you have 22 penalties, a ton of touchdowns, uh, they had a uh, post-game prayer that uh, uh, took a while. Um, it was just a, a kind of. A, I think we left the uh, stadium just a little after 10 o'clock last night. So um, interesting night down in Tawanda. Bullpups really came out to play. Uh, scored on their first three possessions of the game, and then they started the second half by scoring on their first three possessions. And then the defense, of course, pitched a shutout. Just an overwhelming performance. And other than the penalties, I think it was the kind of game that the Bullpups wanted to have going into the postseason when they host Abilene on Friday. Yeah, you look at the numbers in terms of total yardage, 518 for McPherson last night, just 109 for the Circle T-Birds. We'll go through the McPherson game here in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to run through all of the scores from last night. Let's start off with the Heston Swathers winning the wildest game of the night, 28-27 on the road at Clay Center in not one overtime, but two overtimes. They Neither team scored in the first overtime. Heston then scored, kicked the extra point. Clay Center then scored, went for two, and the fighting Tyson Bowerleys came up with a stop to win at 28-27 in double OT. Heston finishes as the number two team in its district with a 7-1 record. Smoky Valley, the Vikings with their second win of the season. They beat Rock Creek last night 42-21. Smoky Valley is 2-6 and, and they will play a consolation game not in the playoffs next week. The Inman Teutons lost to Sedgwick in their district championship game falling 42-7. Inman is 4-4. Four four. Little River with a 54-0 halftime win over Mound Ridge. The Redskins have won seven in a row. They are 7-1, and, and we'll hear from Coach Ayers a little later on in the show. Mound Ridge falls to 4-4. Four and, four. and the Canton-Galva Eagles with a 70-0 win over Windless Harrington. Canton-Galva is 8-0 and the number one seed in their district. Steve, now the most important part, playoff seeding. Where do these teams draw? Who do they play this week? McPherson, like we've mentioned a couple times, the number one seed in 4A West. They will play Abilene at home coming up this Friday night. Abilene is winless, lost at Ulysses last night. The Heston Swathers, they will take on Clearwater, who is 6-2, another one of those very tough matchups for this Heston team. The Canton Galva Eagles in eight-man Division One. They are the one seed out of their district. They will take on the four seed from the neighboring district. That is Chase County, who is 5-3. 
Little River on the west half of the state in eight-man Division One. The Redskins will host South Gray, who is 5-3, and three, and you'll hear from Coach Ayers here in a little bit talk about their road to a potential state championship game, but he thinks South Gray is a very tough opponent. And then also in eight-man Division One on the west side, Mound Ridge will have to make the trip to Hodgman County, who is 7-1 and one and was a number one seed coming out of districts, and the only other playoff play game, the Inman Teutons will host 1-7 Stanton County in their opener. Well, what caught my eye last night was uh, Little River and Canton Galva, what they did in their games. Canton Galva scored 58 points in the first quarter. With some of their second and third yeah, guys uh, going. Yeah, Braden Collins didn't even carry the ball. Landon Everett just played sparingly. Um, and then the other amazing feat, Little River scored 52 points in the first quarter, two in the second, to win 54-0. So, Little River and Canton Gabba, I mean, they are just playing amazing football right now. So we'll dive into those brackets and where these teams could be for the postseason, how their road to get to a state championship game will look. But, Steve, let's start off with McPherson. And we were doing a ton of scoreboard watching last night, and part of that was because the game was pretty much over after the first drive against the Circle T-Birds. And we had a pretty good feel on how the bracket was going to fall for the playoffs, and so we could follow it a little bit closer. McPherson draws the number one seed. Like I mentioned, they will play Abilene, who is winless. If they win that, they will play the winner of Goddard versus Rose Hill next Friday, not this upcoming Friday, but the second one, which would be the 8th of November. In the round of 16, Goddard, of course, ended McPherson's season last year here at home, 15-14 in the state semifinals, and Goddard is 3-5. and five. And we were following their game very closely because if Coffeyville would have won and Goddard would have lost, then that means Goddard would have been the 10 seed. McPherson would not have drawn them. They would have been on the other side of the bracket. But because Goddard was able to come from behind in the final minute and drive down the field and score a touchdown to win, and because Coffeyville lost to Christ Prep Academy and a tough loss for the Golden Tornado. Well, we didn't see that coming. Uh, they I believe they'd won that game very handily last year, so the Ville kind of dealt the bull, uh, bullpups a blow there. But if McPherson were to beat Goddard or Rose Hill, we've already seen Rose Hill, if they were to win that game, they would either draw the 5-12 winner or the 4-13 winner, which would be Winfield against El Dorado or Ulysses against Arc City. And Arc City's the 12 seed, but I'm telling you, I would not be surprised to see the Bulldogs come out of that group of four. I wouldn't either because uh, they actually... Uh, you know, they lost to Winfield in the season opener, but Winfield had to rally late in the stats in that game. Arc City had the advantage in the stats. So I think Arc City's your sleeper team to maybe go away. So. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have Andover Central and Bueller, who they could not play until a state semifinal. And those two teams appear to be the overwhelming favorites on that half of the bracket. So, Steve, it's as simple as this. You beat Abilene, you likely beat Goddard, and then you've got a great chance to get to the state semifinals and take on Andover Central or Bueller. Yeah, well, I think we all know Andover Central is probably the best team on the other side of the bracket, and the Bullpups are the best team on this side of the bracket. It's just they got to get there. they got to prove it. And they will have to prove it against the Goddard team that, on paper this year, has not looked that great yet. They have been battling injuries. They have not scored a ton of points. They were just in the middle of a five-game losing streak. They won their first two in overwhelming fashion, 34-22 against Wichita East, 48-0 at Arc City. 
They lost to Andover Central, lost to their rival Goddard Eisenhower. They were shut out by Mays. They lost to Valley Center, lost to Mays South, and then found a way to beat Andover last night. So we have seen Rose Hill. Rose Hill will go to Goddard in that game. And if Goddard is able to win, then they will come here. And let's face it, McPherson has been preparing for Goddard for a couple of weeks now. Well, they've been Knowing watching. that there was a chance they'd be in that 8-9 game. Yeah, they've already been watching film on Goddard. They know... They know Goddard's a really quality football team. You look at I'd be interesting to see what the Bullpups' record would have been playing Goddard's schedule. Because that is a brutal schedule that it's Goddard tough. plays. It's it's brutal. May South, uh, Mays. I mean, they play big schools. Uh, let's face it, the Bullpups' schedule, it is not very strong. And uh, um, granted, I mean the Bullpups are still a great team, but if they played that schedule, it'd been interesting to see. Just how many games McPherson would have won if they'd won all of them. And remember, Steve, this is an undefeated McPherson team, second year in a row that they go undefeated in the regular season, which is no small task. Even when you are the heavy favorite in a lot of games, it's still not easy to go out there and get it done every single well, Friday Well, you look at night. the first game of the year, they're down 10-0. Right. Salina South had to come back, beat them. Bueller pulled within seven late in the game and, you know, had, had the ball and, you know, had a chance to – tie but the bullpups came up big defensively but the other games uh really weren't much uh you know contests i think all the teams they played other teams i think basically had losing records so again the strength of schedule it is what it is you know you got to play the teams in your league and then uh, you know you play your non-league games now next year the bullpups have really beefed up their schedule they'll play great bend and Mulvane. Right. And uh, I can't remember who the other one is. But it's still Salina South. Still Salina South. So they're going to be playing three quality teams in the non-conference as far as the – and Bueller's going to be really good next year. Bueller had a ton of young guys. They're going to be really good next year. So the schedule definitely gets much tougher, but we're more concerned about this year. There you go. Let's hear from McPherson I football coach Chase Pavlovich after last night's 49-0 win over the Circle T-Birds. We're now joined on our CHS Refinery McPherson postgame show by McPherson I football coach Chase Pavlovich. Well, we wanted to see a game where your offense came out hot and mm -hmm. got off to a great start. You did that with three consecutive drives for touchdowns. You stalled out a little bit in that second quarter due to some penalties. The third mm -hmm. quarter you scored three times. But overall, I feel like you had to be pretty pleased with how your team played tonight on the offensive end. And, of course, defensively, yeah. you pitch a shutout. Yeah, I, you know, really pleased with how our guys came out tonight. Uh, you know, minus, minus some errors, uh, penalties, you know, killing us a little bit. Um, we got to work on be, becoming a more disciplined team, and that's got to that's got to happen now. And uh, you know, we get that done, we clean up those penalties. I felt like we played pretty well tonight. And this was a game where you were able to really move the ball effectively on offense. A couple of times you don't score in the red zone, but more than 500 yards of offense. You hold circle to under 100 yards. In terms of offense, defense, this was probably your best total game this year. And you might say some Bueller games are ones that might have been a little bit closer, but it felt like just the efficiency of the mm -hmm. way you played might have been at its best of the year tonight. Yeah, you know, offensively, I, I felt like, uh, well, I know Caleb Hoppus did a great job with his key reads. They came out and did something completely different than what they had shown all season and he they they were moving their safeties around quite a bit they they hid their coverage very well but he stayed poised in the pocket and made some great decisions tonight we got to clean up our bubble screens a little bit because you know you know as well as i do if we if we can't hit a bubble screen then then our offense is defunct so uh we'll, we'll get back to work on that for sure but uh, overall you know it was a total game tonight 
you know, 16 of 32 through the air, and you probably missed on five mm-hmm. bubble screens, either drops or uh, just misfires. But uh, really great balance tonight. And one thing that I, I really like, so many guys played different positions tonight. Mm-hmm. You you really showed your versatility. I mean, uh, Courtney Craig comes in and, and sumo presses a, yeah. a guy on a, on a running play, and, and you had other guys that were flipping. Jonah Scott flipped over and played a little defense tonight. Yeah. Just everybody showed their versatility tonight. Yeah, you know, that's something that uh, we, we try and develop players through the course of the season. But but at the end of the day, where we're at right now, you know, if we if we need to sneak a, a two-way player in here and there, then that's what we're going to have to do to, to get past the Goddard of the world. A 49 to nothing win for McPherson tonight against Circle as we're joined by McPherson I football coach Jace Pavlovich. All right. The regular season's over. Yeah. It's now postseason time as you kind of have to switch gears here and you know who you're going to play. You're kind of fortunate to where you know what was going to happen and you knew going into tonight. You'll be taking on the Abilene Cowboys at home coming up next Friday night. And then after that, we believe it's the Goddard Rose Hill winner, but we can figure that out a little bit further down the line. This is a team that has been able to win these early round mm-hmm. playoff games in the last few years. You've been able to get into the state semifinals the last two years. What does it take for this team in your mind right now to be able to get over the top and find a way to make it to that state championship game? It's something you haven't been able to do the last couple of years. Well, it's, it's, it's simple discipline uh, where we're at right now because what, uh, you know, what, what may kill us is also what could get us over the top. We've got a bunch of fighters on the team, a bunch of competitors on the team. And, uh, you know, they, these guys go out there every day. You should see them in practice. They're, they're, they're getting after it. What we have to understand is when the whistle blows, we're done. And we've, we've failed to get that across to the kids. And, and I just pray that it doesn't, uh, doesn't affect us, you know, down the road in the playoffs when, when we really need to stay poised and, and, and disciplined. So, you know, we had a, we had a really long film session uh, addressing all those things last Saturday. We've been harping on it all season. We just got to find a way to get through to these kids that, uh, you know, we could do something special here, something that's never been done in the history uh, of our program. So, but uh, we, we, we have to be more disciplined. Well, and you look at what's coming up this next Friday with the Abilene Cowboys coming to town. Mm-hmm. They're 0-8. You've already beat them 48-3 to at their place in just a half. That game was shortened due to some weather. Mm-hmm. How do you get your guys ready to go against an opponent like that that you've already seen? You've already won by 45. Mm-hmm. How do you get them going for a Friday night game like that in the opening round? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult. but um, Especially when you start thinking about the team whose name begins with G. Yeah, well... You know, that's part of it, too. The, you know, our, our challenge and our task this week is to definitely prepare uh, our guys for, for the next football game, and that's with Abilene. Now, the, the nice part in that is Abilene does run some 3-3 stack, do uh, some similar things to Goddard. But, you know, we, we've already uh, been breaking Goddard down, and we, we've already developed a, a game plan for them. And, and the challenge for our guys is to be able to handle two different game plans this week because, you know, we – we know what uh, we're capable of doing against an Abilene team, and uh, we, we, we need these two weeks to prepare for Goddard, no question. Well, it's going to be a fun two weeks as yes. we hopefully get two more weeks and hopefully another five weeks as the road to a state championship game and the road to the capital city begins starting tomorrow as McPherson wins tonight's to wrap-up regular season. 49 to nothing. McPherson night football coach Jace Pavlovich. Let's go get five more wins. Yes, sir. That is McPherson High football coach Jace Pavlovich following a 49-0 win over the Circle T-Birds last night in Tawanda. Steve, this is a group that we have been saying all season long has all the makings to make a little postseason run, a little magic here in the month of November. 
and we are excited to see this team be pushed and see if they can finally break through and be able to get to the capital city at the end of November. And I still think this team has not played its best game this year. Uh, they have got all the weapons. And the, what I really like about this team, uh, we talked about it there in the postgame, the versatility. I mean, we had guys from the offensive line playing defensive line. We had guys you know, for, that play linebacker were running backs last night. We had defensive backs playing receiver, receivers playing defensive backs. Eight different receivers made yeah, a catch. Eight receivers had catches. Um, you know, that's just really impressive. And and, and like you say, I, they just have little things they got to clean up. The penalties, you know, the wide open bubble screens, you know, things like that. When they put it all together, they're the best team in the West. They're, to me, there is no doubt they're the best team in the West. If they just clean it up and put it all together. Steve, we have a jam-packed show coming up for the rest of the way this morning. We will hear from Little River football coach Kevin Ayers. We'll also hear from McPherson Eye tennis coach Tyler Brown as we wrap up their season from last weekend. The doubles team of Sienna Allen and Taylor Bruce winning the state championship last weekend. We talk about that. And then McPherson Eye volleyball coach Christy Doyle as the Bullpups get ready for a sub-state at Andover later on today. Which one would you like to hear after the break first? Let's go Tyler Brown. Okay, so we'll take our first break here from McPherson Eye Tennis Coach Tyler Brown, and we'll do that next. You're listening to The Coach's Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Joining us now on our Coach's Show this morning is McPherson Eye Tennis Coach Tyler Brown after his team picked up a fifth-place finish at the 5A State Championships in Pittsburgh last weekend, but probably most importantly, they picked up a individual state championship in doubles with Taylor Bruce and Sienna Allen winning. Parent Schneider plays seventh for the girls in singles. And, Coach, it sounded like a really good weekend for your team down at Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, anytime you take home a state championship and you have a singles girl knocking off, a, um, I think it was a three seed, uh, it's, a, it's a good tournament, you know. Uh, the others qualifying, you know, Rachel and Patty, they had a good tournament as well. And, I mean, Sydney, what can, else can you ask for her? She went into regionals 0-0, goes to state, and and makes some noise herself. So, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty cool deal. How tough was it for your doubles team to go in undefeated? Bullseye on their back. They hadn't lost this year. Uh, do they play different? Sometimes, you know, when you get to that point, you play not to lose. But, obviously, they played to win. And, really, on Saturday – they played their best tennis because they really uh, dominated their final two matches to win the state championship. Yeah, uh, you know, I missed part of that day, too. I watched a little bit on Facebook Live, thanks to uh, Caleb Bruce. <laughs> uh, so I was sitting at the dinner rehearsal at my son's wedding, watching it on my phone as we're taking pictures and, and doing stuff. But uh, So that part was cool to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, you always feel that pressure. You're undefeated. You hate for something to go wrong, you know, after you've kind of had the season that they had, you know. Um, but I think once it got to day two, they were just fearless. Um, from what I heard, Sienna was very vocal and into it and played some of her best tennis even in the championship match. And Taylor was – I mean, she's been consistent for four years. So, I mean, you can't ask a whole lot more out of that from her. Um, so when you get both of them stepping up like that, they – they are a pretty tough team. What makes them so good? I mean, uh, obviously they work very hard in practice, but during matches, what, what makes them so good? I think they just complement each other really well. Um, they're both probably the, one of our most talkative 
doubles team we've had. I mean, the communication, you got to have that. Who's, who's hitting the ball, who's going to poach on a ball signals that you give or what you're trying to do for the point. Um, you know, and, and when I say they complement each other, well, um, Taylor's just a beast at the net. I mean, she's so long and she can cover so much of that net. If any girl floats a ball, uh, they're going to be, you know, eating the fuzz off that ball. <laughs> uh, and then Sienna does the exact same thing from the baseline, uh, you know, so you got a girl that's up. So it's kind of the traditional tennis. I mean, we try to implement some stuff early on, like I formation or Aussie uh, to give teams different look. But to be honest, I mean, we didn't really have to vary too much into some of those other formations just because they were so dominant. I think we knew that this doubles team of Taylor, Bruce, and Sienna Allen was going to be very good this year, but I don't know if the expectation was undefeated state champions, and obviously that's not the expectation for very many teams unless they were to come back and run it for you again next year. What was it that made them be able to complete this run? Was it just the way that they were able to, to finish matches, or, or what was it in your mind? You know, I... We knew, I mean, they were f been fourth. Uh, we knew they would be around that semifinal to final. Uh, but like you say, to be undefeated and all that, going to the some of the tournaments we go to, like the Salina Invitational and the TOC, uh, all those big tournaments, to be undefeated just says a lot about them. Um, you know, so, I mean, they just came. I, I will say those two girls, it seems like every time their back's against the wall, those are the type of girls they just rise to the occasion it's almost like they relish uh the big moment you know some girls they might you know fade away a little bit or they get scared to play play to win or something like that that's the exact opposite of them i mean they they want that big moment they they rise to the occasion which yes you know you're a gamer when you can do that so i'm just curious uh both of them placed as freshmen in singles and then, you know, well, uh, I think ta didn't Taylor play? She played with Heidi Myers, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, I was just curious, in singles, how would they have done in singles had they split up and been singles players this year? Well, I don't know. Singles is a different animal, you know. Uh, other than Sienna playing it that freshman year, I mean, she hasn't played a lot of singles, really. They play a little bit over the summer, but... I think even over the summer, them knowing that they were going to go after the title run, they did a lot of work uh, just doubles-wise. I know in some of the private lessons over the summer and stuff, all those lessons were engaged about, uh, you know, doubles-type drills, preparing them for that. So there's no question I think that they would have done well doing singles just because they're that type of player. But uh, their main focus was the doubles. Perrin Schneider. Uh, was a fifth-place regional finisher, and she gets seventh in the state. What does that say about her? I mean, I, I, I read your article, Steve, and you guys do a fantastic job. I mean, you hit it on the nail on the head. I mean, a girl that's fifth in regionals, I was reading on your article, is probably somewhere around the 19-20 range uh, on the bracket. And for her to jump almost 12 to 13 spots, I mean, I just says it right there. I mean... What a competitor. I mean, knocks off the three seed and gets big wins. Doesn't just do it once, does it twice, you know. So, uh, and I knew she was capable of that. I really felt like even though she was fifth at our regional, I was talking her 
tour there in Salina, and I was like, Perrin, this is a tournament you can win. I, and we just talked a lot about belief um, and just, you know, it's a, tennis is a mindset, you know. Uh, I really, truly believe if the girls have that kind of mindset, um, they'll do well. You know, all it takes is your, your mind to vary a little bit and you start doubting your swing. It's like probably golf, Steve, you know, you, you open the rack, face any little movement, then all, or you doubt your swing and all of a sudden your ball's in the creek or something, you know? <laughs> that, would, that would never happen. That happens a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as they're committed to what they're doing, I mean, uh, it usually ends up pretty good. We're talking with McPherson Eye tennis coach Tyler Brown after his team took fifth at the state tournament this past weekend. Well, now you start to look ahead for next year, and you have Sienna Allen, who is a state champion in doubles, and we'll have to have a new partner or switch something up. But you have a ton of other great returners that are coming back, and we knew that coming into this year as well, that you would have a young team. How have you begun to put it together in your mind for next fall? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a long way away. Um, a lot of people probably would think Sienna and Perrin would be a another one that could make a title run just because those were our top two finishers that will be coming back. Um, and I think they could complement each other very well if they if we did go with those two together. I, Perrin has an unbelievable forehand, and I know that was the side Sienna played on with, with Taylor, but – uh, Sienna has an awesome backhand as well. You know what I mean? I think we could put her on that backhand side, and that would be a dynamic duo. Um, but regardless, you know, I, I our girls want to be doubles heavy, it seems like. And, and what I need is I need every one of those girls, because we have such a deep team, and it's so frustrating telling girls that they're I, that they're not the one going to regional, you know, and you're going with a certain six. Uh, the biggest thing I say, if they focus on it and they're the best tennis player on the court, um, you know, get that single spot. And then if we do move you to doubles, then, you know, your spot's safe, you know. Um, so that that's my hope is that those goes, those girls work extremely hard and th they're showing that it doesn't matter who they they play, they can beat them or they're the, basically I talk a lot about them being the common denominator, you know, like if I played with Steve, we'd win. If I played with Jim, we'd win, you know, it's, it's easy to uh, kind of sort that out. If you're, if you're the best player on the court. Well, Coach Brown, we appreciate your time this morning and congrats on a good season. Now you got to get ready for some middle school basketball. Those guys will be ready to go, man. We had a meeting yesterday and it starts Monday. I can't believe it. <laughs> That was McPherson Eye Tennis Coach Tyler Brown on our coaches show this morning. Steve, we enjoyed our conversation with him, and I think that Bullpup Tennis team could be very good yet again next year. Well, they had a monster sophomore class. Um, I think there's like 10 sophomores or 9 sophomores. Uh, you know, their JV team was really good because, like Coach Brown said, they had a bunch of girls that were state-worthy competitors but just couldn't go because they had better players in front of them. I mean, they're really going to miss – uh, Taylor Bruce, they're going to miss Rachel Carlson, both of them four-time state qualifiers. But, uh, man, they're going to be really good again next year. Let's take another break, Steve. Would you like to hear from Coach Doyle or Coach Ayers? Let's next? hear from Coach Doyle. There you go. We'll take our next break. You're listening to The Coach's Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. 
We're joined now on our Coaches Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva by McPherson Eye Volleyball Coach Christy Doyle. As the Bullpups get ready for sub-state action today, first taking on Goddard Eisenhower starting at 3 o'clock, and then potentially a sub-state championship game later on this afternoon, taking on potentially the Andover Trojans or Arc City Bulldogs. Coach Doyle and the Bullpups wrapped up the regular season on Tuesday, beating the Winfield Vikings in two sets, and then losing to Andale in three sets. Coach, will you give us a little recap of Tuesday's regular season finale? Yes. Um, Tuesday we opened up with Winfield, and traditionally they they have struggled, and we, 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 we beat Winfield like we needed to do. And our matchup we were excited about was Andale, um, and we wanted to go in it with the approach like, you know, this is substate, what are you going to do? we got to beat a good team. And to kind of practice our mindset and practice um, how are we going to play on Saturday. Well, they we did exactly what I wanted our team to do. If we show up like that on Saturday – absolutely excited just the second piece of that is we just need to finish we won during the fire alarm we were up three eight and the alarm went off we all had to go outside we ended up winning set one we were up big in set two and just didn't finish so that's the lesson um that's the lesson if you get up on a good team know that they're going to come back and be okay with a little a few points here or there and then just go ahead and and finish and hold steady and in set three we then got down and then we we fought back late, but it was it was too late. We we let the the lead early bother us a little bit mentally. So. Well, one thing that we know with looking at your team this year is that you've been able to win a lot of your matches in two sets, but it's been that third set that has given you trouble. It gave you a little bit of trouble last year. So far this season in three set matches, you're nine and five. How do you prepare differently for a sub-state day? And, and is the third set and finishing strong something that you emphasize? Well, it depends on your team. And so this year, yeah, that, that's, that's our team. We, we are preparing mentally for um, what our team needs this season is, you know what? Yeah, you win set one, you may lose set one. Whatever happens, we got to be okay with it. I mean, we, we may not go to script, and that's okay. And we, we just have to... Just focus on winning every ball, every serve, every point, and not worry about how we lost the point or what situation were we in that we screwed up. Uh, just worry about the next ball and try to win that one and try not to repeat the mistakes that we're doing and not lose confidence along the way. And that's what our team is focusing on this week because if we can have the right mindset every serve, we're probably going to be better and some of the other teams are expecting us to be. And I'm pretty sure Andale didn't expect us to play that well um, at the beginning of that match. We definitely were, we definitely were there with a purpose, and I like that. Well, one thing that I think has really helped your team this year is the scheduling and the tough tournaments that you've played in. And we've talked about it countless times here about how tough 5A volleyball is, whether it's the east side, whether it's the west side. And I think your team is prepared for a sub-state like today because you've already seen, I think, all of the teams, maybe not Arc City, but I know you've seen Andover. You saw them at the beginning of the year, lost in two sets. You've seen Goddard Eisenhower, who you will play in the first match. You beat them in three sets at the Newton tournament. It feels like with the scheduling and the tough tournaments you've played, whether it was your home tournament, whether it was the Newton tournament, the Spring Hill tournament, it feels like your team is prepared for a day like today because of the scheduling that you've seen over the weekends. Yeah, we're not intimidated by anybody that we're seeing, which is what you you don't want to walk in and be like, there's no way we can touch these guys. The game's too fast. You don't want to walk into a situation like that at all. But no, we've we've seen we have 
we have seen teams along the whole season that are going to be at this level right here. We know what it takes, and we're we're excited to see if we can't if we can't just build on build on Tuesday because uh, there was a lot of good things that happened on Tuesday. If we can just finish and play like that, it, you know, we we're definitely going to push Andover. Um, we're going to push Andover and or Eisenhower, so that's that's what we want. But that's that's another point. We don't want to overlook Eisenhower either because they're also a pretty good team. Well, Coach Doyle, you've been around the block a time or two. You've gone through sub-state volleyball. You have been at state tournaments. You have won state championships. How do you prepare for a sub-state day? Do you handle things differently? Because the emotions are different than it normally is for just your regular Tuesday triangular. How do you go about this process, and, and what have you learned over your years as a head coach in preparing for sub-state? Well, we do. We definitely have a little. We, we it's easier for sub-state, at least in the 5A level and um, the 4A when they divided it into D1, D2. When you had eight teams, you know, you never you had to prepare for three teams, and then there was like four other teams that were available. It was really a little harder to prepare um, for all those. You didn't really know who you'd get. You had an idea. Um, now with the with the four teams, you literally have three teams to prepare for. It makes it a little bit easier, um, you know. And so, uh, you know, we go to our tournaments, and you know, there's ten teams in the tournament. You don't know who you're gonna maybe match up with, and you, you know, so sub-state here and at the level that we're at right here with four, we can do a pretty good job of having everything scripted and ready to go. The film can be all broken down. They've got their handouts and then charts and. We can get a little bit more specific, and we have basically Wednesday to Saturday to get ready for three teams. And for us, that seems much easier than some of the things that we have to, we have to do in the regular season. So we can spend more time um, being ready for them and and be more prepared for what they what they are going to do. We have our themed practices. We try to have a few more meals this week. Um, we try to really bond this week to make sure we make the best, enjoy our company, enjoy the experience. Um, whether you win or lose, we want to make good memories for the kids. Well, you've talked about Goddard Eisenhower and Andover both being very good teams and could be two of the best teams that you've seen on your schedule so far this season. Give me a little scanning report on Goddard Eisenhower and Andover in terms of your preparation for them coming up today. Well, Eisenhower was keen off their big number 11 um, on the outside, and, and so we've been kind of charting where we think she's going to swing, so we're working on trying to block her better, be ready to dig her in that position. Um, we think that um, we have a beat a little bit on what their middle might be doing, um, a little bit number 12. And then we have our serving targets that we think we need to be targeting the serve at, so hopefully we can keep them out of system. Um, and so we're, we're going to do that and we see holes in their defense. So we're going to try and script those at practice a little bit and try to set up our offense to put the ball where we think maybe they will not be and we can score. And then Eisenhower, I'm sorry, Andover, um, they're super quick in the middle. Like they get off the net and come back really fast, faster than anyone that we've probably played all year. So we're going to practice that today. They get off like two steps, come right back hard. We're going to script that a little bit at practice. Um, they have a lefty that they back set a lot, and so we're going to have to work on um, defending the lefty on the back set, which is a little bit different than some of the other teams. Um, 
Uh, let's see, we got serving targets ready for Andover as well. They have some kids that only play front row, and then they come out in the back row. And so anytime those front row kids drop back into receive, that would be someone that we're going to try to serve the ball to. Well, Coach Doyle and the Bullpup Volleyball team will be in action today in Substate down at Andover, starting off with a 3 o'clock match against Goddard Eisenhower, then hopefully a championship match against Andover or Arc City starting at 4 o'clock. Coach Doyle, best of luck, and hoping to see your team next week at the state tournament. Yep, that's our goal. Thank you. That was McPherson I Volleyball Coach Christy Doyle on our Coach's Show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Steve, we've said it many a times. When the Bullpup Volleyball team is at its best, there are not many teams that can stop them. So hopefully today will be a at-their-best type of day, and they can pick up two wins in the sub-state at Andover, starting first at 3 o'clock against Goddard Eisenhower, then a championship match at 4. Yeah, they'd like to get back to the 5A tournament. Uh, they didn't make it last year, and... Before that, you know, they were just a regular in the 4A tournament. Of course, they won a state championship, uh, I believe it was 2012. or two You got it. Yeah, 2012. So, um, you know, you'd like to make it at the 5A level to show that you're a quality program. They have got great hitters. It all just comes down to passing, I believe. I really believe that. And, and serve percentage. you got to have that good serve percentage. Steve, let's get right into our next interview with Little River football coach Kevin Ayers after – the Redskins picked up a 54 to nothing win last night over the Mound Ridge Wildcats, and we know they will be in the playoffs after they won their district, and Little River will be at home to take on South Gray next week. Let's hear from Coach Ayers. Joining us now on our Coach's Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva, is Little River football coach Kevin Ayers, as the Redskins have won seven games in a row. They won 54 to nothing over Mound Ridge last night. Not just seven games in a row, but seven games in a row by the point differential after losing in week one at Canton Galva. 54 nothing to score last night over Mound Ridge. Coach Ayers, will you give me a little recap of your very quick game against the Wildcats last night? Well, uh, the boys came out and played with a lot of emotion, and, and when you do that, things tend to go go well for you. Um, it was exciting to watch as, uh, you know, we got a fast start, uh, scored on the first play from scrimmage, and, and uh, that kind of set the tone, and, and uh, it was just exciting. The kids are starting to come together, um, starting to realize this game's a lot of fun to play when you, when you play at a high-intensity level, so that was good to see. Well, and I don't know if you were able to follow it quite as much last year, but Canton Galva did the exact same thing that you guys did. Lose to Little River in game number one and then rattle off seven wins in a row, and they didn't have it quite as easy. They had a very tough game against Solomon mixed in there in their district, but a very similar thing happened with that Canton Galva Eagle team last year. Whenever you walked away from week number one this year, losing at Canton Galva, obviously a terrific team, and number one in eight-man division one, did you get the feeling that you could get these guys to rattle off the stretch that you have in these last seven? Well, I don't know if, you know, got the feeling that we could rattle off this stretch, but, uh, you know, after playing Kent and Galva and looking, looking at the tape, you just knew we could get a lot better. Um, there's a lot of little things we weren't doing well, um, a lot of fundamental things. Um, I had some kids in the wrong spot, and I think we're finally kind of getting everybody where they're supposed to be, and, and the chemistry's there, and the kids aren't thinking so much, and they're just playing football, and, and uh, so we're just putting a, a better product on the field. Well, that was one thing I wanted to ask you this morning, and you were able to obviously see some film from last year. You've been able to talk with these guys and know what happened last year. What are some things that you think have helped this team this year that maybe they were a little too young to do last year, maybe just didn't work last year? What are some things that you think this year they've been really successful at? 
Well, you know, it's hard to pinpoint any one thing. Um, but I, I just think the excitement level um, that they're playing with, we've got some, some you know, upperclassmen um, that are doing a nice job leading. Um, the kids are really buying into what we're doing. And so it's, it, it's not really one thing. It's just a culmination of things. And, and uh, you know, this is, a, this is a football town. The tradition's here. They played good football last year, and I think we're just trying to build on that, you know, and, uh, and keep things going. Well, and as I looked at the box score from last night, there weren't a whole lot of goal line scores for your team. Almost every single score came from distance. You see 39 yards, 32, 29, 37, 33, 23, and 80-yard pick six. There were so many scores from distance, and especially when you're looking at how fast you can score. When all of your scores come on the first, second, or third play of the drive, it makes life a little bit easier and certainly quicker last night against Mount Ridge. Yeah, it's exciting, um, you know, and the kids executed well, uh, and that's always good to see. And, you know, I thought our offensive line uh, really opened up some big holes. Those kids have grown a lot, and, uh, you know, um, it, that's, that's offensive line, I guess, is, is uh, the thing I love to watch. And, and our kids came off the ball, you know, shoulder pads are low, and we're moving people, and, and we've got some kids in the backfield that when you give them a little bit of space can do some special things. Well, and obviously in eight-man football, there's the emphasis on the offense. So many games where point totals are extremely high. But if you take away that 70 against Canton Galva, you've only given up two other touchdowns this entire season. So two touchdowns in the last seven games, and then you take away that Canton Galva 70, which makes the points per game look a little bit different. But let's talk about your defense and what they've been able to do and some of the adjustments that you have made since week one that have helped you. What, what are some of those adjustments that you've made? Well, I think, uh, you know, we started off the year against Kent and Galva having some kids in some spots that, that just didn't fit their, their skill level, their, you know, what they could do. And, and we made some moves. Braden Sears, we moved to defensive end, and that's been a great move. He's a physical kid doing a real nice job there. And uh, Evan Johanning moved back to linebacker and just, just some moves there. And then the kid just getting to understand the scheme and, you know, all the little things that we expect them to do uh, within the defense. And uh, that just takes time, and, and we drill it, and we drill it, and we drill it, and I think we're you know, finally getting to the point where we're comfortable. Um, and uh, when kids start to get comfortable and, and making the reads, uh, it's just fun to watch the defense come together. We're talking with Little River football coach Kevin Ayers on our coaches show this morning. The Redskins are 7-1 and one so far this season, and the playoff road has been announced after the Redskins won the district. But I wanted to ask you before we dive into that, you're a coach that has been around the block a time or two when it comes to playoff football. You've not only made some deep runs, you've won state championships before. What are some things that you have learned in your past experience as a head coach that you think have helped prepare you to get ready for another postseason run? You know, um, I guess that's, a, that's a, a tough question. I guess there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but I think a big key, and, and I don't know if it's luck or whatever, is, is being healthy at this point in the year. Um, you know, there's a lot of good teams out there, and especially at the eight-man level, that, that one or two key injuries can really change the dynamics of your team. So, you know, being healthy at this point is key. And, and then just peaking at the right time. Um, you know, the, the season, is, it's a long season, and, and uh, you want your kids to be playing their best football, you know, right as you hit these playoffs. And, uh, and peaking at the right time. And so, you know, I, I think that's something that's important. And then, you know, just, just the kids, uh, then 
the intelligence of kids, I think, you know, in the game of football is often overlooked. Having a smart group that can, you know, week by week go in and see such uh, totally different schemes on the offensive and defensive side of the ball and be able to handle that, uh, you know, as you move through the playoffs is, is one of the keys that I think a lot of people don't see. Well, as we take a look at the head or the draw for the Redskins heading into the playoffs, Little River is the number one seed out of District 5, meaning that you will take on the number four seed out of District 6. That is South Gray, who is 5-3. If you win that, you either draw Nest City, who is 7-1 and one and was the runner-up in District number 6, or Maxville, who you've already seen and beaten. If you make it through that, then there's a chance you probably play either undefeated Clifton Clyde or 7-1 and one Wichita County. How do you like your draw? How do you like the way things set up for you so far in 8-man Division One on the west half of the state? You know, um, it's, it's a tough draw. Uh, I look at it, and I, I think that district, uh, you know, with uh, Hodgman County, Nest City, South Bay, Spearville, um, you know, that's probably one of the deepest, if not the deepest, district in eight-man Division One. And, uh, you know, looking at South Gray and, and the teams that they've played tough uh, and, and been beaten by, and then, you know, the teams they've beaten, uh, a really tough draw. they got, they got a good program down there. Um, they run an offense that's uh, uh, tough to prepare for, and we got a little bit of a short week with the game on Thursday. So, uh, you know, that, that's a tough draw, and, and really haven't looked past that. We're focused on South Gray and, and got to get that one taken care of, and then we'll, we'll take on the next one. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that with the Thursday night games and in the old 4A style when they used to have 64 teams and they would play the Tuesday, Saturday. It would, it would make for a really interesting week. But do you like playing on that Thursday? Do you like getting it out of the way and then having eight days to prepare for the next game? Or would you rather it just stick to normal and be on a Friday? You know, I, I guess you just take it as it comes. Um, it is what it is. I don't know as, as I like it or don't like it. Um, a lot of it, it would depend on, you know, the team you have to prepare for sometimes it's nice to have an extra day um you know one week or the other so it's just luck of the draw um we play on thursday it's halloween so uh you know the, the kids hopefully will go out and get a little candy um, uh, and be in the stands and, and be a little rowdy and it'll be a fun atmosphere now i think that you have the easiest halloween costume of all time coach ayers for thursday you can just be the little river football coach <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an easy one. Yeah, I think you can get away with that. Well, Coach Ayers, best of luck this week, and we'll catch up with you again later in this hopefully deep postseason run. All right, appreciate you covering us. That was Little River football coach Kevin Ayers on our Coach's Show this morning presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. We have come all the way around, Steve. The end of the regular season, that means that the postseason begins next week for high school football. Pretty much everything else is in postseason today. I want to run through scores from last night one more time, give the matchups for next week, and then a quick preview on what's coming up today. Last night, McPherson a 49-0 winner over Circle. Heston a 28-27 double overtime winner on the road at Clay Center. The Swathers are 7-1. Smoky Valley a 42-21 winner over Rock Creek last night. The Vikings are 2-6. Inman loses to Sedgwick 42-7. The Teutons are 4-4. Four four. Little River a 54-0 win over Mound Ridge. The Redskins 7-1, Mound Ridge 4-4. Four and, four. and Canton Galva a 70-0 win over Harrington last night. The Eagles are a perfect 8-0. For next week, McPherson, the number one seed in 4A West, will host Abilene. Cowboys are the number 16 seed. Heston will take on Clearwater at home in a 2-3 matchup from district play. Canton Galva will match up with Chase County, who's 5-3. And, 
Inman will host Stanton County, who is 1-7. Mound Ridge will go on the road to take on Hodgman County, who is 7-1. And, and Little River will host South Gray, who is 5-3. and three. Yeah, and what a great year for our area teams. Yeah. Um, you look at, you know, Canton Gal was undefeated. Little River and Heston with one loss. Uh, Inman and Mound Ridge, you know, 4-4 four and four this year. Uh, good years. I'm leaving somebody out. Who am I leaving out that's good? Somebody else. Heston. Heston. I think that's... Yeah, they were, you know, they lost one, seven and one. So just a, you know, a great year for our area schools. Coming up today, Steve, regional cross country is at Great Bend That's for right. McPherson. Yeah, and hopefully they'll get uh, some kids through. Of course, the girls don't have a full team, so they can't qualify as a team. Got a couple individuals that could do well. And uh, the boys, hopefully, will get, I don't, I doubt that they'll make it as a team, but could get an individual in. And then McPherson Volleyball will have Substate today at Andover. First match will be at 3 o'clock, taking on Goddard Eisenhower, a team they have already beaten this season. And then if they win that, would probably take on Andover in the Substate final. Andover plays Arc City. That would be at 4 o'clock, so hopefully a couple of wins for them. And then next week, Steve, we have McPherson Ice Soccer in the playoffs hosting Salina Central on Tuesday. If they win that, then they will likely be taking on Cape and Mount Carmel, who is the sixth seed. So a busy week of bullpup soccer next week. Have we seen a game time on soccer yet? No. Okay. TBA. TBD, TBA, TB, midchancesonline.com. It seems like those uh, playoff games often start at 6 o'clock, but maybe it's 7 o'clock. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe daylight savings, and we'll bump it up to 3. Shane Bakus will let us know. For the kids. That's right. Steve, midkansasonline.com. You've got game stories, Kendall Shaw's photo gallery getting up there soon. Yeah. Area Roundup up there. I'll have Area Roundup in the next 20 minutes, and then I'll do Kendall's photos. Uh, Bullpup game stories already up. We have Swap Shop coming up next as Jen is in the house getting ready for a busy Saturday morning of Swap Shop. Thanks again to our coaches for helping us through again on a Saturday morning. For my partner Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to The Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Swap Shop coming up next, 620-241-1504. The High School Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva was brought to you by... Simco, McPherson Concrete, Complete Automotive in McPherson, DFS Moto in Canton, Alliance Agency Incorporated, Kane's Body Shop, Lindsford Quarterback Club, Next Tech Wireless, Jar Performance Automotive, and Farmers State Bank. Thanks for listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva.